Good evening and welcome to the 44th episode of the yeah. Midlife Pod Podcast. We are streaming live on the YouTubes and uh, we're glad you're with us. It's an aviation podcast where we talk all things aviation and midlife and all points in between. We're glad that you're listening to us. My name is Ben. I am a private pilot with an instrument rating in the Atlanta metro area. And uh, with us today, as always, is my friend, Mr. Siskin, live from the deep, uh, live in the heart of Music Row. Hello, Brian. <laughs> Hello. And it is happy hour, if in case you haven't uh, said that yet. So we're doing a happy hour. I probably need a little bit more bourbon. So also joining us from the uh, West Coast, our fly sport extraordinaire, our sport pilot extraordinaire is Ted. Welcome, Ted. Hey, thanks. Yeah, we went from uh, good weather over here to just absolute rain. So I'm definitely in the Northwest. When we have the we have very nice weather here. So keep that bad weather over there for a little bit longer. I just got my plane back. Yes. A few housekeeping issues. This is a live show. Please use the chat. We're reading it as it comes out. We want you to comment and um, also do all the stuff. Subscribe, like, share. Um, we're trying to get out there to as many people as, as possible. Um, if you want to leave us some feedback, you can reach us at midlifepilotpodcast at gmail.com. As you can see it on the screen there. And you can also find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash at midlifepilotpodcast. So why don't we launch, jump right into our taking off segment. Mr. Siskin. Yes. Tell us what's going on. What's, what's the plan? What's the, what's going on with you? Uh, well, uh, for the, since we're on a visual audience, uh, YouTube, this is for audio ultimately, but you can see this light flashing. It's not a Halloween trick. It's just a bad light fixture that I can't reach from where I'm sitting. Um, but everything's okay. <laughs> um, there's not, there's not uh, gunfire in the next room or something, but, um, no, I'm, I'm good, man. I've, I've, uh, you know, um, you know, you get to do the joys of plane ownership, Ben, uh, you've, 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 uh, taught me a lot in that realm. Uh, so, you know, instead of spending a perfectly nice day flying, uh, I was, you know, contorting myself under the panel, scrubbing <laughs> grease, all that kind of stuff. So it was a good time. Uh, so, well, yeah. again, it's a, a visual medium. And so nobody else will see the, uh, the picture we got of you underneath the panel. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. So the, the partner in the airplane, Steve, uh, yeah. Steve uh, has, I'm not sure if it's some sort of a dark kind of fetish or something, <laughs> but um, he seems to capture me in compromising positions and then post them into the discord. So yet another reason to get into the discord folks, if you haven't already is to see very um, just unwanted photographs of me and compromising <laughs> reminds uh, me of uh the plumber yeah plumber like shots yeah, yeah. but by the way we well, just we didn't explain what happy hour is but basically that's all it is we got tired of having a topic and we just thought we would hang out um and um and i you know look you know it's like when you have a, a house party you invite some people you don't know who's gonna show up um you know we actually had at least one person show up so far. That's right. Uh, besides you, <laughs> you guys. Um, so do you, do you guys want to introduce our special guest or can we just get into it? He's, his camera works right now. If we don't do it now, it's never <laughs> yeah, going to exactly. happen. We already have a, a Brian and a Ben. So uh, let's just keep it easy and bring in another Brian. Hey guys, what's going on? So, <laughs> hey. hey. So this is uh, uh, Brian known as uh, Just Plain Silly uh, and uh, commercial pilot. Uh, journey to a commercial pilot, and uh, let's see what else recently. Multi engine, mm -hmm. multi uh, glider. Uh, not the, I, you know what? I, I did a, oh, a ride old. in it. Yeah. I, uh, but it's one of those things where it's like, well, now I kind of want to do it. So uh, that was a lot of fun. I would like to get my glider rating, and actually more fun than the glider. I got to fly the tow plane. Like I, I that was a tremendous amount of. Fun. I, I want to do everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. One of everything. Yeah. So you, and you had, did, I, I thought you just made it up. I didn't realize you actually did <laughs> all of that uh, recently. I'm not it even a pilot. Like it was all, it's all green screen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, just so you know, Brian, uh, is it, I'm with an I, and then you're saying that you're with a Y. 
Is that right? I, I spell it with a Y. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I, I've been I've been waiting for one of you Y people for a long it's time. It's always the Brian's with the eyes that are like, here's the thing. And what's the thing? Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <Yeah. laughs> always. I just feel like, don't you feel that the I is the de facto Brian spelling? So here's the deal. I will, so I'll say this. Um, y is a versatile. It can, sometimes it's a vowel. Sometimes it's not. It's very flexible. Um, if, if you, uh, take the B off my name, you got a whole name, Ryan, if you take the B off your name, what are you, Ryan? It's it's like, it's, (laughs) but I I will say, um, more people seem to spell it with an I than a Y. So I I will agree that that's the more, well, you probably don't have to tell people as frequently I'm Brian with an I, everybody at Starbucks or wherever writes it down with an I for me. So (laughs) we just need to trade Starbucks or something. Cause I just get, uh, yeah, constantly. I feel like I'm defending all the time and I'm like, Hey, I'm, can I just have like one thing, you know, it's also dyslexia wise, like we're brain, right. It's right. Yeah. It's right there. But anyway, yeah. I just want to, I, I just well, to I guess we had the same experience then. So I'm just going to go back to thinking I'm right and you're wrong then. <laughs> Be thankful because when I go to Starbucks, they're putting friend or den or everything that rhymes with Ben. I think friend is nice. Friend, come get friend. your coffee. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of those where you're like, well, it's got to be mine. Like yeah, whatever it, it is, just say yes. It just it run, That's me. That's absolutely right. Well, we're glad you're with us, Brian. We appreciate you joining yeah, us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Been flying much lately? I've been flying my butt off. <laughs> yeah. A lot. So, and it sucks. Like, well, now it's great. Like it's, this was the worst. I told my wife, I said, if next summer's like this, we're leaving Texas. It's, it was, it was horrible. And going through the commercial and the multi and all that stuff, just right in the middle of August was, was horrible. So, but um, I'm coming up on probably more hours than I've ever gotten in a single year before. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do is, is, is get as many as I can quickly. Do you feel like that, um, you've been doing this for a while. I mean, do you feel like that there's uh, a sort of an ebb and flow to, you know, I mean, your interest levels or your desire to do it, or there's one thing to sort of maintain and just kind of have fun versus pushing yourself. You know, do you, do you feel like you've hit some sort of a new stride with it for some reason? Oh, I got a reason. So the company I work for is going out of business in December and I don't have, I don't have what you guys call a marketable skill set. (laughs) <laughs> um, no, I was, a uh, I, I was a software engineer. That was my, my degree, uh, was, was programming. And I kind of went up through the, the ranks and I'm a director and, uh, the world has changed. My skill sets atrophy quite a bit. And so my company is, we're closing our office in December. And I thought, you know what? I don't know all this new tech, all the stuff the kids are doing. And so I started taking classes and immediately I was like, this is awful. I don't care about Amazon web services. I don't care about the cloud. I don't care about any of these new languages <laughs> there. And it sounds like if I'm going to study, I'm a study flying. So, you know, someone said something to me that kind of resonated. He goes, you know, you're already a hundred thousand dollars towards a, an airline career. Cause I had like 1200 <laughs> hours and stuff. And I was like, I was like, that's, that's true. I'm only 300 hours in a, a couple of night flights and instrument flights away from doing that. And with the pilot shortage that's going on, rates have gotten, you know, livable. Um, so I was like, you know what, you know, talk to my wife about it. And so now that's, I'm entertaining the idea of getting myself positioned to go, okay, I can do this. Do I really want to do it and see if I can't get out of it and go fly professionally? I don't know what it looks like, but that's, that's where my head is every day when I wake up is like, Hey, what do I got to do today to get closer to that, to where I can make that decision? There's that's so it. many options out there these days yeah. though, just with the airlines pulling from the corporate side and the contract side and every aspect of yeah. it, it, it trickles down. So yeah, you'll it, hopefully you'll have a lot of options when that time comes. I hope so. That's really cool, man. Do you, do you think that, um, I, you know, a lot of us probably feel like, man, if I just would have done this when I was younger, I mean, I know for me, if I would have done it when I was younger, I would probably have done terribly at all of this. Cause I just was out of my mind. But, but do you find that at the age, you know, midlife pilot, right? Like, do you, do you find yourself in this kind of sweet spot of having enough interest and drive and discipline to do something with still sort of enough sort of time to sort of deem it kind of like a functional pursuit, right? Like it's a weird spot to kind of be in like a second life kind of a thing. It's a complex question. Um, I, I mean, I always say, I wish I started flying sooner, but I was, I was a different person 20 years ago than I am now. And and if I had started flying um, when I was, I'd probably be dead. Uh, I'm as I get older, like probably with most people, I become way, way uh, less, more risk averse, I should say. Um, so it's probably smart that I got, I started, I got my pilot's license when I was 36, which is, was probably, probably good. But at the same time, you know, 10 years ago, 
I was an IT guy making a ton of money and I was like, there's, there's, you couldn't have convinced me to go to an airline for what they were paying back then. And now it's like, okay, the, the money's starting to get better. So, but, but at the same time, I go, okay, I'm 46, the window's closing. If I can get in by 50, I can have a 15 year career. Um, and I think I'd be okay with that. So I, I feel like now's the time to make the decision if I'm going to make the decision, but I surely do. I have a next door neighbor who flies triple sevens and, we walk our kids to the bus stop every morning and he's in a robe and goes back home and I go to the office. I was like, he's <laughs> <laughs> been doing this for 25 years. And I was like, mm-hmm, that would, that would have been smart. I'm in a bit of a similar situation. So I've been working for the same company for a while, but I can actually retire in about four years. Mm-hmm. So I won't have to require the same level of income that I'm making right now to pay for the colleges and everything. Yeah. But the goal for me is just to fly somebody else's airplane yeah. and not incur the expenses. That's going to be a pay raise right then and there. But I, you, you talked about flying um, the tail draggers with the uh, uh, sailplanes. Mm-hmm. The tow planes is the word I couldn't come up with. I would love to do that. That just sounds like a lot of fun. So, but, uh, but it's kind of a similar story for me. I'm, I'm working on commercial now, do multi-engine next year and then hopefully be ready to go. I, I, loved the commercial rating. And I, I mean, I was a VFR pilot for like nine years and now I'm shooting all this stuff. <laughs> the commercial rating did more for my competence as a pilot than any, any flight, any rate, anything I've ever done. That was hands down my favorite rating. I think everybody should get it, whether you're going to go commercial or not. I've definitely enjoyed it. So Brian, uh, I, I see a good question here from one dull geek. He says, do you worry about flying becoming a job, meaning, you know, losing your, your passion for it? I I don't, I'm old enough to know, um, what it, you know, I, my IT career is pretty, (laughs) pretty, pretty, pretty boring job. I I, I can't imagine a flight that I've been on in the last 10 years where I've been like, man, I mean, even now I get up and I feel like the luckiest person in the world that I get to do this, that I've, I'm I'm in a a country where I can do it. Like every flight, I'm still looking out the window, like a kid, the, the ongoing joke in my house when we travel is dad gets the window seat because I, I have, I've (laughs) never lost it. And I can't imagine you know, a friend of mine who, who flies for the airline said something like only 2% of airline pilots, pilots still fly GA. And I'm like, I, you know, maybe I'll get in and, and learn that, oh, you know, it's just a job, but it's got to be better than any other job I can imagine. Cause I like every morning I'm like, I just want to go fly. So I, I, I hope not. I could, I'm sure I would lose some of, um, I don't know, the joy or whatever, but I, I can't imagine ever not wanting. It's just been a part of me since I, it's my first memory. So I, I, I hope not. And I don't think so. And I hope I'm not being naive saying that. No, well, but you're you're also not like 20 hours into flying and like this is amazing it'll never be different you're, yeah. just, you're over a thousand hours in like you kind of know mm-hmm. what what it's like yeah. i think people are built for it right i mean I, i've you know a lot of you know being here in nashville you know i have a lot of friends that i never see because they're all on the road all the time and as we continue to get older i just think man you know I can't imagine being on a gig, you know, where I'm, I'm playing shows, you know, 200 nights a year or whatever. I don't care if it's to stadiums of adoring fans or not. Like it just, the grind of that seems like it would kind of take it out of you and play in the same stuff and, you know, all that, but they're just, they love it, you know? And, uh, you know, so I really do think it's like, um, you know, people are sort of cut out for whatever the transmutation is of your passion, you know what I mean? Or whatever that, you know, some people have that thing. And then for others, you know, it's like, man, I don't want anybody telling me what to do, or (laughs) I'm not going to carry that lady's bags, you know? Yeah. Or whatever. (laughs) Well, yeah. So, well, that's, that's really, I mean, and then I want to talk to you real quick also about, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, video making. Sure. Um, how do you make a video? We're doing it right now. Actually, there's a camera in front of you, and you just carry it. And then, how do you um, how do you how do you write down something that's funny and then say it, and then it's actually funny? Uh, it's tricky. So I write down stuff constantly, and then I let it sit for. I've got a little whiteboard here, and I've got an Evernote with like a thousand things in it that I think are oh, wow. think are funny, and I'm like, oh man, that's really funny. And then the next day, you're sober, and you're like, what was that? Um, but no. I, if I go back to something and like three or four weeks later, I'm like, that's still kind of funny. Then I'll, I'll make the video, but it's just write down everything, write down everything and then reevaluate it later. Cause something might seem funny at the moment. And then I'm like, well, you know, or, or I, I can't really figure out how to turn that into a video. Um, 
I'm I'm one who I just I just look at stuff and I try to f- find the stupidity in it. And um, it, I don't know why this is really easy for me to do. And it's 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 not just aviation. It's dad stuff. It's work stuff. It's everything. And so I just I just jot down these little notes and I, I don't know where the ideas come from. But if if if, if I go back to them, and I think they're still funny. Then I go, okay, how do I make this into a video? And so I, do you do you find it annoying? Like sort of like a, how comedians would have it, you know, where it's like, okay, do something funny. It's my kryptonite. That's my kryptonite right there. Yeah, I, see something no, funny. No, yeah. I um, <laughs> yeah. If you're not funny, we're kicking you off. This, so come on. This is my. Like I am, I have serious anxiety around groups of people and people come up to me and be like, make jokes, do whatever. And I'm kind of like, I, I, I'm getting, I got to go. <laughs> like, yeah. um, like, let me pull out my Evernote. Oh my God. And- <laughs> so, I, I have a question. So I've been a big fan of yours for a long time, well, pretty you. much when you just got started. Thank you. Did you ever figure out who was sending you random packages? Never did. Still don't know. Never did. And I had, one individual who sent me something and then I didn't know who sent it. And later said it was him. And I was like, Oh, were you sending all those things? He said, no, it wasn't me. I would tell you if I was. So I uh, had no idea. It was, it was that's crazy. crazy. It was weird. And it, it was super funny. Um, but I'm friends with a guy uh, named Kevin. He had a channel called 310 pilot. And, oh, I'm, yeah. Uh, he's a, he's a, there. Jamie and Kevin are awesome, but they, they were getting some things and then there, it turned into some stalker situations and stuff. And like, I had a couple of situations and I was like, okay, so take my name out of the FAA database or the address. Like obviously you can't hide, but I was like, let's, let's try to make it a little more difficult because it's funny, but it can quickly become not funny. Um, I had someone basically was trying to get a hold of me and I guess I didn't respond. So they found my wife on LinkedIn and started messaging saying, why isn't your husband responding to me? And, and then found you. Know, God, oh, God. Look, I apologize for that. Yeah, and that's why I, that's why I joined the podcast tonight because I want to talk to you. <laughs> How inappropriate what's that, that is! What's that knock on the door? Yeah, nobody oh, uses LinkedIn, idiot. <laughs> so, so uh, it's, it, it it was very funny, but I'm I'm, I'm kind of glad that it's died down a little bit. Although I got some yeah. really awesome T-shirts, I'm super appreciative. It's strange how it's such a, a sort of subculture of a subculture of a subset of interests on YouTube. It's really such a small world Mm -hmm. and it's strange that people would think, I don't know, just, it just, it's different. I guess maybe for, I don't know, something more broad based kind of actual celebrity Mm ness or whatever, but it seems strange that in, in sort of the aviation universe, that that people have time for that or, Whatever. The best thing is I can control it because it only happens at airports and Home Depot. I was at Home Depot. Me and my wife were shopping. And I was looking at a toolbox and some guy goes, you going to make a video about a toolbox? I go, I am very uncomfortable. I don't know who you are. He's like, I follow your channel. I was like, but, you know, uh, but, th- but it's, 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 it's isolated to airports. So it's like, I, I know if, I know if I go to Oshkosh or Sun and Fun or something, I have to prepare to like let the wall down. Well, there's like that whole Seinfeld thing, right? Where he's, or no, sorry, it's Larry David, where he's, he said he's always got people coming up to him being like, you know, it would be a great bit, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I bet you get a lot of that too. I, if you go to the uh, about on my YouTube tab, it's like, I really appreciate that you have a funny idea. Perhaps you should start your own YouTube channel. Like, yeah. <laughs> one, if, if I can't make it my kind of funny, then I can't, I just can't make it work. But people, people throw ideas at me all the time. And someone once gave me, we talked about an idea or doing something that someone was doing and then we put it up and then something happened with their employer and they're like, take it down, take it down. Well, a sponsor had already paid me money and you know, other stuff goes into it. So I was like, I, I got to pull it down. So I was like, I'm just, if I don't come up with it, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the thought, but I, I, I don't take other people's ideas. There's a, there's a book from the, um, startup like VC world. And, and the guy says, have you ever noticed that there's, there's no stock market for ideas? <laughs> like the value of an idea is basically zero. Sure. And people come to you like, Hey, I've got, I've got something I'm going to tell you, but you can't tell anyone else. It's just an idea. Like go execute on it. Like Ben, do you have any VC ideas? Yeah. (laughs) Do you think I would tell it on this? (laughs) Uh, Based on what Ted just said five seconds ago, of course I've got VC ideas. None of them are good. Of course. It's a little known fact. um, But one of the creative gigs that I'm on um, that I do a lot of filmmaking for and other things, um, on site, what, what I came up with this thing. We're doing the, it's called the idea generator. And we have a podcast called the idea generator audio hour. And basically we set up this whole podcast set up on like a sort of like a bike cart. And we go into this huge public space and then just bring people in uh, of any kind and just put them in the sort of headphones and on the mics. And then, 
and they're kind of, it's like, they want to, they want to speak or they want to like, what's going on in here. And then they get in there and then I'm just like, yeah, we're just here to talk about ideas and what is, what's an idea to you and let's generate an idea. And I work through, I have kind of this process for generating ideas with people and it's been crazy fun, but I never thought like, wow, I, I really need to be writing more things down and maybe I could exploit some of these people. <laughs> I'd like to ask <laughs> Brian with the why, does he have ghosts in his house? Because Aaron seems to keep coming in and shutting the door <laughs> and it just seems to magically open. I have three dogs. Okay. Uh, two two of them, they, they, just, they just go back and forth opening the door and coming in here and then they'll start scratching and wanting out. And I don't know what she's doing, but apparently I'm making enough noise that she needs the doors closed. So <laughs> just didn't know if we needed to bring a priest over there to exercise the house. I'm just, no, do you want a dog? Sure you want three dogs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so by the way, uh, I did do some flying out in Texas this uh, summer for the first time. Um, and I, I, I thought that I was going to die. I thought that, I thought that all the, I thought that the glue that held anything together in the interior of my Cherokee was just going to just come undone. It was, I, I, I remember I, I did a fuel stop at San Angelo Oh God! And, <laughs> and it was one of those where it was like, I'm just getting out to get fuel, get some water, use the restroom, get back in and go. And even in that time, and it was probably 105 or something. And, and, uh, and I got, I got back in the plane and I was like, okay, I've got to get out of here. You know, like I'm dying. I mean, I thought I was going to pass out. Like it was sweat in my eyes and the whole thing. I, I mean, it's hot here in Nashville, but it was another level. And of course, and I had brought my iPad with me inside cause I was checking weather and stuff and whatever. And then when I came back out, put my iPad on the, on the yoke, snapped it on there and was doing my thing. Uh, I call up, I start taxing. And the iPad just goes out. Of course, I don't have like oh man, any kind of printed back. I have nothing. I'm not doing anything right. And yeah. so then, and it's a weird kind of airport with all this construction. The layout of it's a little bit weird from what I recall. Um, it seemed like one of those kind of like wartime airports where it's like, yeah, they, they made them where they all go. Like there's this huge yeah. middle part. Anyway, so the, it's like the all triangle. There's yeah. a high density of like little hot spots at all the little corner areas, you know? <laughs> and, and, uh, but I remember just at one point just being like, I don't actually know where I'm, I was like, I need, and I just, I was like, Hey, can I'm sorry, can I get a progressive taxi, <laughs> and, uh, you know, or a, a right wing taxi, any kind of taxi, just, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know what, what was strange is it was an uncontrolled airport and he's asking for a progressive taxi. I want to get progressive IFR clearances. I want to do a video on progressive everything oh, that we could possibly yeah, yeah, do. Just in just a place. Far you yeah. Can get. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, is that I asked for progressive taxi and I could tell the guy was super annoyed, even though there's, you know, one or two planes on the entire airport, but the guy was just done with me already on the spot. And, uh, he gave me some instructions and it was kind of like, I had to go buy some construction and cross over this and do that. And it was a whole thing. Um, but I got up to, uh, what I thought was going to be where I needed to, um, or I guess it was like, I needed to cross, but I was going to be crossing and immediately going toward a, a 45 to the left to actually get sort of on the initial part of the run. It was like sort of where runways kind of meet and I was at the bottom of it. But anyway, the whole thing is I, I said, um, I pulled up to this line cause I was kind of afraid to cross and without clarifying. And I said, okay, well, you know, he was talking to someone else for a second. And then he came back to me. I said, I'm sorry. Uh, what would you like to me to do now? And he goes, <laughs> why don't you do your run up? <laughs> I just lost. I was laughing on the radio with him because now I was like, this is pretty good. Uh, he, hey, let he me, uh, to me, let me roll in a couple of comments here. Uh, bearded aviator. Turner, I didn't so know that right. guy. Stoked to see Brian on here. Yeah. You know, there's a, uh, you know, there, there's a, a, a subset of people of a, of a certain age on YouTube and you know, it's like, we all tend to comment on each other's videos and everything else. So I always love it when I see somebody's video and it's like, oh yeah, you know, there's, there's one tool geek, there's, you know, beard aviator, there's so-and-so. And it's like, it's just great. It is interesting because it becomes yeah. like, I mean, I, I try to go through my, my comments yeah. on videos and stuff like that. And, and bearded aviators one that don't ever change your avatar. Cause I look for that one. 
Yeah. There's like, yeah. there's a handful of people who have been around for a long time. And I really do make an effort to, cause th- those people are kind. Like they've, there's, there's a lot of people in the comments that drive by and say hateful things, but there's those people who've been around yeah. and have been a part of it for a while. And so I like it when I see that avatar, there's, there's about uh, Nathan Bowage, another one. Um, there's yep. a, there's a bunch of people that I, I, I see come through and I, I like, I love seeing the familiar faces of faces, but uh, yeah. avatars. Do want to give a shout out to uh, Alpha Goff uh, from the Opposing Bases podcast. Uh, he's joined our chat. Uh, no, but uh, he's uh, a friend of the show, and we're glad that he's with us. Yeah. Um, what else do we have there? Uh, as a, Austin Brumley. I'm going to get back to one, but as as a, yeah. as Jeff says, generally some golf because that just came up on. Uh, AG renamed himself. I, I don't know. This is, we're getting like inside baseball on other podcasts. Now. <laughs> like, yeah. No, but let's, let's go back to Nathan Ballard's comment and uh, you know, a uh, little bit less inside baseball. Uh, Brian question for you here. What, what are on your, I must go there bucket list, you know, airport wise. Um, it could be for, it could be for the place or for the airport either way. I mean, Catalina. That, well, that was one I was fine. thinking of. And I don't, I don't know much about these places. Yep. I fly in Texas, which if you, you've been here, our, our, our most outstanding <laughs> like tanning geographical thing is the, the horizon. We have, there's nothing to look at. It's just, yeah. but I've, I've heard like Sedona is supposed to be just one of the most beautiful airports to fly in. Um, I want to fly into Leadville. I don't even know if it's what it looks like out there, but I want, the, I want the shirt. Yeah. Um, so airports yeah. that kind of have like, like, I don't know. Oh, that's cool. I got to do that sort of things. Cities and towns and stuff I don't care so much about, but um, those those type of airports because flying in Texas there's it's just ugly and flat and boring and so I <laughs> unless I go south to the coast or something I really don't get any kind of eye candy when I'm flying. I, I rank them different ways. Some of them are complex airspaces that I it's a challenge to get into. Sedona is one of them. It's just the eye candy that you mentioned. Uh, some of them are approaches. Usually a coastal airport is fun to approach in from the ocean, but um, yeah, that's kind of how I, I, I categorize mine. Brian, have so, you been to West Texas at all? I, I flew, I flew to Marfa and it was outrageous. I loved it. I haven't landed in West Texas. I've flown over. We went to my dad and I went to Roswell once just, we were like, let's just go do something wild. And so uh, the furthest I've probably gone West is um, Amarillo maybe, but no, not Southwest anywhere like that. Have you seen um, Josh Flowers' videos that are coming out right now? His his Marfa, Texas I have series, right? It's a Big Ben. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I, I did see the first one, the Big yeah. Ben one where he surprised yeah. Chelsea. I saw the, the other ones up, but I haven't watched it yet. But the, the, Apparently, Brian and, and Josh were like, what, 24 hours away from from crossing paths on that? Strangely enough, yeah. It was like... yeah. <laughs> It was very, it was very strange to be in remote West Texas and, and, just, and then have a couple of guys being like, oh man, are you still going to be out there on Thursday? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, is anybody going to be out here on Thursday? Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I mean, honestly, I had a religious experience, man. I loved it. It was absolutely magical flying out there. And all I can think about is how I want to go back, but I, you do have to go through the rest of Texas to get there. But, uh, but, uh, but no, it was cool. I'm not, I don't know. I, I like it all. I mean, I'm sort of like you, Brian, where it's like, there's nothing, the most uh, mundane flight of any kind is absolutely amazing. And I don't ever yeah. <clears throat> take it for granted one second. And I think that, I think that's one thing that maybe is a little bit different about midlife pilots is that, you know, we're at a point where you tend to take less things for granted as you did maybe when you were younger and, you know, you're closer to the fire when it comes to like medical things or, or whatever, like anything can come up at any time (laughs) to just turn all this whole thing off. So I just try to keep that in mind all the time. Yeah. I just got my Um, first class medical and like the the audible sigh that I breathed when I walked out of that office, that piece of paper is like, okay, (laughs) don't screw this up. Yeah. And then like, well, I'll see you in six months. I know. Like, like for two weeks before my medical, I did nothing but eat spinach and drink water. I was just like, yeah. everything just needs to be okay. All right. No so, drinks, no nothing. I've got, yeah. I've got a great video idea, Brian. You want to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me refer you to the about section. Of my- okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was just picturing like a sort of like a Rocky training montage, oh, right? For your, yeah. for your first class. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just stuffing spinach in your face and like reading well, the far end. And that it's like, you know, it's six months of training to get ready for a six month, every six month, you know, doctor appointment. Like the, the day after the doctor appointment, you're, you're already worried about that. I don't know. I went home and had pizza and beer. I was like, but, but Brian, keep in mind, I'm a sport pilot. There's a reason for that. Okay. Right. So it's like medical wise, you know, like 
you know, <laughs> so it's, it's the other end of that spectrum yeah. from uh, first class to, to sport where it's like, I can sign my name, you know? Okay, cool. You can fly. I'm, my first, my third class medical, the, the physician I went to, um, he would just hand you the eye chart and say, what's, what's the smallest line you can read? And I'm like, well, the, the bottom one, he's like, okay, 2020. I'm like, I'm 43. No one 2020 vision at 43. Yeah. Yeah, just just memorize it right fcbd yeah yeah <laughs> well yeah. My, this, yeah this one i got i got glasses the day before my first class medical i was like yeah it's getting <laughs> dicey and i went in my glasses oh, were supposed to show up and they they were like oh we thought they were in they didn't arrive and i go i need contacts right now so they oh. gave me some contacts and i passed the vision part thank god yeah. <laughs> you're just like cramming contacts oh in yeah just stacking them in there. <laughs> I'm them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> first day of wearing contacts that must have been great yeah i hate I've never done this before. I, I got stacks of them yeah. now and it takes in the morning i'm like i'm like my wife now she's like are you ready i'm like i'm gonna get it in it's like <laughs> right, six right. of them on the floor and you're like okay did, is this one on the floor or is it in the back of my eye i've had that happen it's, i'm a big eye rubber and so i'm like doing this yeah. and i'm like oh god there's yeah. something and i'm trying to like yank it out by moving my eyes oh man yeah so my trifocals are supposed to show up tomorrow at the eye doctor mm. so, um, i'm guessing that's not a joke yeah. i got the ones it's distance on the top it's the panel mm -hmm. um in the middle and then medicine label at the bottom medicine label <laughs> and it's just an actual medicine label <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that goes but. And it just reads it to you. <laughs> oh, well, that's why I have children because I'm, I can't tell you how many times I've either take a picture and zoom in or I just hand it to my son and go, how many of these can I take? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how lucky we are that we actually got to grow old with the cell phones because now we can use those oh, without embarrassing magnifiers, right? Or oh, the last 20 pictures in my phone are, are, are medicine bottle labels and whatever <laughs> small print. I'm just like, I, mine is mostly a memory tool. Like, picture of, of my panel. So I've got my hobs and I go home and write my mm. log entry. You know, it's like, I wouldn't know what it is otherwise, you know, or the, the, uh, the fuel settings, you know, things like that. It's like, that's half of my, well, half of my pictures are cats and the other half are used like memory items. So yeah. <laughs> I want to make like I, a whole Google photos thing. That's just all my tachometers. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So embarrassingly, my wife was gone with her sister and her mom for the weekend. And so I was by myself and I spent the better part of Saturday night going through my Google photos, pretty much deleting all of the memory items that I didn't need anymore. And it took a probably good solid four or five hours to get through all of them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Just delete everything. That's what Brian's saying. What? Yeah. Delete yeah. everything. Just, just get rid of it Life all. Life is temporary, man. Just get with it. That's right. <laughs> you know? It should be. Actually, I, w I was really about all about holding on to everything when I had the, uh, I was one of those early adopters of the unlimited Google Drive that they let us sneak in. And it was like $12 a month for, I had like 50 terabytes in the cloud. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they just, you just get this email one day that you kind of know is coming one day anyway. It's like, Hey, we're not going to do this craziness anymore. And you're going to yeah. have to. And so I had to go through a whole data migration project. And that was when I just started nuking a bunch of stuff. And I was like, man, this is really freeing. Like, this is really nice. Like, I'm just going to. And then the very next thing I got it, next project I get into, I needed some footage, uh, not yeah. aviation related, but something else. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, I, I guess I, Oh, just well, okay, well, I don't have that anymore. You know, so it happened. It wasn't like for you, Brian, you know, it was, for me, it was like the next day I realized I, I you know, so. The only um, thing that saved me and Brian, I highly recommend this is have one of your kids grow up and work in a, a computer store. Uh, yeah. My middle one works there and I get some deep discounts on some nice, very large uh, hardware. So Are there computer that's the stores? only thing that saved me. Yeah. Micro Center. Oh, I remember Micro Center. Yeah. yeah, I, I've gone, gone full Amazon. I hate it, but yeah. I've just like, I like the fact that I don't have to leave the house and it can be here by the end of the podcast. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. it's a, uh, it's, it's save It's a nice savings on the bank account there though. Remember how exciting it was to go to circuit city. Do you remember that? I love circuit city or yeah. fries. Fries was the best. I was going to say, I miss fries. fries. Yeah. Fries is so great. Walk around, just look at TVs. You're never going to buy and tell the salesman. I'm yeah. just looking maybe. <laughs> Micro center is kind of a combination of a radio shack and a circuit city. Yeah. yeah. So it's got some really cool stuff in there that if you want to kind of. We are, we are peak around. midlife right now. Like <laughs> stores that haven't existed for 10 years, you know? Right. <laughs> right. If you ask us for batteries, we're going to ask for your address and phone number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Phone number. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to drink some more bourbon. That's <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. How, how's your plane doing, Brian? 
Mm. It's expensive. Um, I well, I love it. Um, I, I so I I didn't buy it because I wanted it. I bought it because my children are got bigger than they. I thought they would faster than I thought they would. And the Grumman just wouldn't do it anymore. And so um, I was looking for something like a 182 and I got a buddy who had a Comanche and he goes, you know, for a third the price, you can carry more and go faster. And I was like, okay. So we went and flew in his Comanche and I was like, I didn't love it, but I love the utility of it. And so I bought one and for six months, I hated it. I was like, this thing takes off like a pig. It lands like a pig. It, it, you flying down low, beating up the pattern. It flies like a pig. But then uh, you know, I, I said, let's go flying. He goes, you need to get that plane up to 11,000 feet and go fly to Oshkosh. Fly, go fly far while it's, you know. And, and so up there, flying fast, flying far, carrying stuff. It's a fantastic plane. I've gotten over the weird landing and taking off characteristics. It, it takes off and lands different than anything else I've flown. But now I've grown to love the plane. And now I'm telling everyone, you oh, this is the best plane in the world. Um, <laughs> it's just... The downside is they don't make it anymore and parts are getting hard to come by. There's, there's two people who were running pretty good online stores for parts and one just passed away. So it's, it's that part of it's difficult. So I'm like texting people around going, there's this weird screw I need. And you know, ever there's a community's great people like helping trying to find stuff, but just as far as performance and, and, you know, went to Oshkosh in the Comanche twice now and I, in, in the Grumman, I would split it up over two days and now it's, I don't know, four, four and a half hours. And I mean, what's your cruise in it? A 155. Okay. And you're burning less than 15 an hour, aren't you? I, I, I plan for 15 just because I know I'm probably burning somewhere between 12 and 13. Okay. Yeah. Um, so and, I have a 182 okay. uh, with the upgraded engine and it's. And the stall kit. And a yeah. stall kit, which cool. slows it down. So I'm chewing out at about 145, but okay. burning right at 15 and a half an hour. What's your use for? It's 1300 pounds. Okay. That's good. I'm, I'm 1200. Yeah. The, yeah. the the thing I like about it, my Grumman, you can tell if it was heavy or a CG was shit like in, in the uh, Comanche. Someone will tell me I'm a liar. I feel like it flies the same whether it's empty or full. Like it just, it doesn't seem to care. Um, and there have been a couple of takeoffs where we've been at max gross. And I'm like, okay, this is our go, no go point. And this is a thousand feet before it, we're off the That's ground cool. and climbing. So it's, it's a yeah. really good airplane. So if you were going to compare the Comanche to a car, would you say it's kind of like a late seventies econo line van or something? Like it's just kind of this, <laughs> I don't know. What, what kind of car would it be? It's sm- I used to have a 65 Mustang. It smells a lot like that. It looks yeah. just kind of sweat and cool. <laughs> yeah. So I, I call it a, like a muscle car. It does. It, it, it um, it's loud. It, it, it's leaks. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, Chevelle. I guess it is like, it is like an old pickup truck, but it's really fast too. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I just do tell people, I go, it's not a sports car. It's an old, it's just think of it as like an old muscle car. Cause it's, it, but it's it rattles. gear. So you're getting a little bit more efficiency, but a little bit better fuel economy with that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. what's, what's the, uh, you, you mentioned that it, the flight characteristics in terms of takeoff and landing are different. Um, you know, and I'm sure you've flown probably some Cherokees and 172s and, you know, all kinds of things. But what would you say, like, what what's unique about it or what was weird about it? Or is it just kind of just like a dead feeling or like, what is it? Most of the planes I've flown, uh, most of my time is in the Cirrus Grumman. I've flown 172s, um, a couple other low-wing airplanes. But most of the planes I've flown, they start to feel like they want to fly. And like, even really before you can start pulling back, like they're they're just coming up and it's just this very smooth thing. The Comanche gets that feeling where it gets light. And it it almost wants to kind of dance along the runway a little bit, and it it's at this sort of deck angle. I'm exaggerating it with my hand a little bit, but what it tends to do is feel like it's going to take off, and then it, it'll try to ride up on that wheel, and it'll kind of wheelbarrow and bounce. And I'm like, I don't know if I need to hold this down or try to pull it off, or yeah. it, it gets really weird. And and so I, I talked to someone, and he said he came and flew with me, and he goes, well, he goes, you need to pull this plane off the ground. Like you're waiting for it to just lift itself off the ground, like like another plane. And what's happened is it's starting to get light, but it's the engine's heavy. And he's like when it gets to 85 pull. And so now when it gets to 85, I pull the thing off the ground and we go up. But for the longest time, I was like, I'm so used to just being gingerly manipulating airplanes and it, it's, uh, it yeah. needs to be manhandled a little bit more. <laughs> I remember because that's right. Because I saw a video of yours recently where you were coaching someone else how to fly it. And you were telling them that, like how just to, to get really it off the ground, yank it off the runway. And I was like, I, I got immediately went into the comments and I was like, that is not, no. Blocked. Report you. You do. You got to pull off zero hours in a Comanche. And it, I, I like want to use the same way because it does have a little bit bigger engine in it. Uh-huh. So it does, you, you can't, I mean, it, it does kind of get light, but you have to, to get altitude, you really have to yank it up. Yeah. No. So, and then the, the Comanche is the first plane I've, I've, you know, everyone talks about other plane characteristics. 
it, it, when you're landing, it flies until it's done and you can't force it on the runway and you, you need to be on your speeds because it, it really does just like, like in the series, you can, you can, you can land a little flat and kind of flare and then it'll, it'll kind of like mush down into the ground. Like the Comanche, it, 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 like if you pull back, it's going up. And so, right. and then it's just right. like smack. So yeah. you're, you're trying to time the smack with, with getting on the ground. And so it, it just, it's just different. It's not good yeah. or bad. But it's so different than the three planes I had the most hours in. I expected it to be like all of them. And when it wasn't, I, I got whiny, but uh, now I've come to accept it and I like it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out here. Ted, do you want to go, go ahead and do it or go ahead? Uh, uh, so Papa Golf is actually Alpha Golf's mother wow. who listens to who is a devotee to opposing bases. And um I've met her once at a meetup and just going on record to say the best beef jerky I think I've ever had in my life was made by Papa Golf. You know, everybody else is out because um, you know, she doesn't sell it. It's just you gotta know somebody that knows somebody's, but uh just had to put that out there. So we're glad that you're joining us, Papa Golf. Thank you. Or as we like to call her Mama Golf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so Brian, um your dad is selling a Cirrus? He is. Oh, that's so sad. It's tough. It's, um, does, does he not, what's his, what's his, uh, what's his flying status? I, I don't know much about him and he, see him occasionally in your videos. He's doing the right thing. Um, dad was a pilot when I was younger and he got out of it. And I feel like me getting back into it gave him a, yeah. a kind of reason to get back into it. I swear I'm going to ask him one day. I, I feel like there was probably a phone call where he, you know, I was talking to my mom and was probably like, he's going to get himself killed if I don't help him out. And so <laughs> I got to go get current again after 20 years. And so dad bought this little plane called the TV nine and he and I flew together well, um, in that thing for a while. And then he decided he needed mom to have something in case something happened to him. And so he got the Cirrus and, uh, kind of dad doesn't fly enough to be, uh, like, yeah, like he'll tell me, he'll be like, I, Brian, he's like, I'm driving to the airport. I'm like, should I be doing this? And then I'm like, you know, he's like, I get up and he's like, I'm, I'm on the runway and I'm kind of like, I feel nervous. And he's like, once I'm up, I'm fine. But he's like, I have so much hesitation. I, I've told him, I was like, well, you're not flying enough. Like you need to, you yeah. either to fly, quit flying or fly more. Yeah. Um, and so he really loves having the plane. He loves the freedom. Um, he and I love flying with each other, but he, he finally yeah. just kind of said, you know what? I, I, he was going to do one big trip to Colorado in his plane. And then he was saying, after that, I may, you know, I may, I may start talking about selling it. And then, you know, his trip was coming up. I said, well, when are you leaving? And he's like, well, our flight leaves at such and such. And I was like, so you're flying commercially? He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm going to list it. So I, I was very, I'm sad because my dad's my favorite person to fly with, but for me not to have to have a conversation going, okay, dad, this is, it, you know, probably we got to do something. Cause like he never, yeah. he never scared me in the plane and I didn't want it to have to get to that and me taking the keys right. away. That's a blessing. Oh, right. Cause it's taken away. It's not just going, okay, I, th I think this is unsafe. I need to take your keys away. It's taken a huge piece of freedom. I mean, just the sim symbolism of, yeah. I got an airplane. Um, yeah. And to be able to recognize that on his part, I think is huge. And I know he, he's, he, he told me, he's like, well, I don't think I'm going to put in the effort to get my instrument. I don't like to fly when it's hot. I don't like to fly when it's cold. It just doesn't make sense. And I was like, I'm, I'm proud of you like for being able to do that. Cause I don't know how hard that's going to be when it's, you know, it's my turn. But so he's, he's, Wrap well, up and you I, can always call up his son and say, Hey, let's go yeah. over here. I mean, it's not like he's losing the ability to go somewhere. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite father son moments. So he bought the series and he's like, you know, give me a copy of the keys or whatever. And and dad pretty much, he likes to go fast and he liked his series or whatever. Um, and, and I've had unlimited access to it. And for that, I, I, I'm eternally grateful. And I remember I bought my grandma and I was like, dad, here's the keys of the grandma. He's like, I, I'm never going <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> like, I appreciate it. He went up in it one time and he's like, he's like this. No, we're not going this. Slow <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. So, so did you, did you keep the, uh, the, the uh, uh, mat and the, the water bottles? It'll be the wrong side of the plane, but at least you can unroll it and pretend that, that he's flying that right. I should No, Those were from us aviation. I should, I should, I should yeah. fly around with a red carpet. Not that he did. <laughs> That's a good comment here from a uh, bearded aviator who I, by the way, I call him crazy Mike. I don't know why he stands behind this bearded aviator alias. Uh, well, um, look at his picture. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, no, that picture screams Mike. I don't you know why the bearded aviator. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it really is. I mean, what a, the, the last video that, that I made, you know, people are like, wow, you really talk about your dad a lot. <laughs> to the point where one dog geek was sort of like, what was your relationship with your dad? Was that a, like before he passed away? I'm like, no, no, no. You don't understand. It's like, 
I never got to show my dad that I, he was a pilot. I became a pilot. I never got to be, do talk, share and all of that with my dad. And so, um, you know, I definitely walk around all the time seeing folks that get to fly with their fathers and, um, it's not a, it's not an, a jealousy. I mean, it's more like a quiet rage, but, um, no, but, uh, <laughs> no, but, no, but it, I just, it, it doesn't, it's, I just, I don't think anybody takes it for granted, but I especially just, I love seeing it. And, um, I, I'm the luckiest of everybody. So my, uh, we have no aviation in my family whatsoever. My sister married a pilot and that's who I share my airplane with. First flight I take with my dad was from my hometown of Thomaston, Georgia, down to Apalachicola, Florida to go fishing. And we didn't leave until seven o'clock at night. This was in November. It was getting dark. The light, the landing light on the 182 is starting to go out, kind of flickering a little bit. And it was the black hole. And I probably bounced that 182 seven feet up in the air and I got it down the ground. He goes, Ben, that was one of the best landings I've ever been on in a general aviation airplane. (laughs) And I was like, this must be your first flight then. So, but he was, he was going on and on how awesome of a landing it was. And one dog has a, a a nice comment here of, uh, now I can't even say this word, Apalachicola. Apalachicola, and he didn't spell it right. It's C-H-I-C-O-L-A, which is a great air. It's an old air force base, very long runways, the downtown Apalachicola area, they call it the Forgotten Coast. There's no big developments. There's just locally owned restaurants. It's a really, really cool place to go to. Ben, I was just going to say that your dad was treating you like you were the, like how fathers do, right? Like you were the best tree in the school play or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) What it was, 100%. 100%. The only pilot of the family is also the best pilot in the family. (laughs) By default. I'm his favorite son because I only have three older sisters. It, it just goes right down the line. You know, what I love about this podcast is w- it's it's poison to anyone younger than us, right? It's like <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about this for like six hours and and I, I just, you know, you we, we have a very specific... Oh yeah, I know. It's it's very specific. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like if you were between the ages of forty six point five and fifty one point four, this is the podcast yeah. for you. But only but, uh, in aviation no. can you be forty six point five and people still call you a sport. And you're like, I'm, you're like <laughs> oh, the man. young guy. You're like, yeah. <laughs> I, I go to my my local EAA club and I am the young guy by yeah. far. And yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Do you know how to make pancakes yet? That's the most important skill, oh, I think. Yeah. Well, um, so we should probably start wrapping up happy hour here because, yep. um, yeah. you know, listen, like we're all here just goofing off, but Brian's taking this serious now and his channel, I think is slowly going to become like kind of a docudrama or something. Right. That's the hard part. Like I feel bad. Cause I'm like, lately I'm, I'm so busy with work and flying and stuff. Like I just don't have any funny ideas and funny videos take so much effort that I'm like, y'all are just going to suffer through this training with me and we'll get, we'll get back to it. When we get back to it. Watch um, it. Don't watch it. You said that on your Patreon too. Right. Which is like, how do I, how do I go from being a hundred percent silly to, well, and I, I will I say know, this, the, 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 the yeah. feedback and cause so pay, Patreon, the, the group is really important to me. Um, the feedback I got, and I told my wife this and I, I was like throwing logos out to Dan and going, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And doing all this kind of stuff. And then you guys, for the most part, came back and said, look, you've, you've kind of established that this logo is, is, is kind of known out there. And you're, you're like, just, just be you do what you want to do. And don't worry about, you know, and I, and I started looking at other people's YouTube channels and the names and stuff. I was like, Baron pilot doesn't fly a Baron anymore. You know, it's yeah. like, it doesn't really matter. Just yeah. so I was like, okay, I said, I, it, it's going to take me more effort and stress and worry going, what's going to happen if I change everything versus just leading as it is and just doing what I do. And if the brand is already there. Say the brand is already there. Your brand is, which is a great thing. Yeah. You are a brand. You are nothing but a brand. I, know. I mean, who you are and how you produce <laughs> videos. It, it's, it, it's set in stone. Well, it's not set in stone, but, as um, one dog Greek, uh, one dog geek. Sorry, Ted in the chat. Mark, yeah, Mark. Thank you. I really like the serious videos you make. I did too. You started yeah. commercial at the same time I did, though. You finished it probably a month ahead. Hang I was going to do my check right next. I month, need but- to translate that. You said I really like the serious videos you make. Serious. Outside of the South, yeah, that that's the serious oh. videos. That, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Well, and I, I was worried about that. So the, the channel was like slapstick for three yeah. or four years. And then I, I made a video about, I, I had trouble understanding airspace. And so I made this airspace video, which now if you Google airspace, my video comes up, which is great. 
and then but people early on people started getting irritated um and then i, I made a couple of videos flying with my family and I, and I got a lot of flack i i have noticed now i can make what i want and i don't get flack about it people are like oh you're and I, I throw this out because it happens. People are like, oh, you're trying to be flight shops. You're trying to be Josh Flowers. I'm like, I'm not. I just, yeah. this this is when yeah. the cameras were on and I can throw it away or, or, but a big part of my channel for me now, I have this realization that one day I'm going to be an old guy who doesn't fly anymore. And one of my favorite videos on my channel is this video. My daughter called, didn't call me. She came in, she said, can we go flying? And I was like, I'll drop everything. Yeah. And I'm like, that I love that video just for me to go watch. And so there's, there's value in it for me knowing that there's, I'm creating a little bit of a scrapbook too. So lately people are being very kind with respect to me making non funny videos. So the, the, the feedback I got from Patreon and then just kind of thinking about big picture. So I've decided that I'm not, I'm not planning on rebranding. I'm just going to, going to do what I do. And if people don't like non funny stuff, then they can watch the next one or whatever. So I'm, uh, I, yeah. I, I was really, really, happy about the feedback I got when I posted that on Patreon. So I, I was really, I thought people were going to start going, you need a logo like this or change it to that. And everyone was like, yeah, just Dance do you. for us. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think also there's this, uh, you know, uh, I think this is a popular thing that happens, right. With people that are comedic is um, there's a misinterpretation that that's, you know, like we talked about earlier, that's how they are all the time. I think oh, no. there's also like a, a quest about sort of, do they even really take this that seriously or kind of, you know, or are they really that smart? <laughs> right. And, and I'm not saying this is a, a pre prevailing belief, but there's kind of this tendency to kind of think that way. I think with a lot of people in the combat comedic world and um, you know, it's actually always the case that some, these are some of the most smart and dedicated uh, and professional um, people, right. And their craft, they're really craftsmen. And so I think that, one of the things that's kind of a, I think a great thing about what you've been doing is, and I'm not saying I thought this when I started training a few years ago, but I mean, there's some sub compartment of my brain that's kind of like, well, if this guy can do it. Sure. Right? <laughs> but like, but like, I mean that in the, like not in a negative way, right? Like just sort of like a, oh, everybody doesn't have to be so serious and, and all this. And, and in fact, it's, almost and like I just did my tailwheel this past year and, and I had the most fun that I ever had flying. And the way that I just explained it in this video that I made recently was I called it a, an unwitting osmosis because I was just having so much fun and just not taking it that hard. I beat myself up a lot. And I think that you're probably one of those kind of people too, right? Like you're really self-critical um, about Very. things. And, um, and, and honestly, your comedy is, is a, is kind of a response, uh, a sort of self healing response to some of that. Right. And so, uh, so anyway, I, I, I see all that and I, and I see you progressing and I find it to be, um, inspirational, not in a way of like, Oh, he can actually do that. But just like, uh, I mean, those Bizdo trips, I mean, for you doing that for us, just to make us laugh. I mean, that's just really. <laughs> yeah. I was turning myself in. <laughs> that, I, you know, we appreciate oh, it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, you know, I always joke that the channel started as a defense mechanism because I was getting so much serious hate. So I needed to cope. So, um, but, but no, and, and I, I really appreciate the feedback. Like I, 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 I've, I have concerns that um, people think I don't take it seriously. I, I'm, I have a video coming out tomorrow morning. It's my second vlog for the multi-engine. And I ran it by three CFIs and said, tell me. And, and one guy goes, you are, you're, you're wrong about how you're describing the recovery from a VMC demo. And I said, okay, I'm going to tell me what I'm doing. I got my, my notes here and I went and refilmed it completely. Cause what I, I said, like, I don't, I don't care if people think I'm dumb, but there's a school that we went to to do this and I can't shoot them in the foot. And so I needed to be right. And if you saw or didn't saw, I, I did a video about the glider flight and I, I made sure to go, look, we did a pre-briefing here that we are just hopping into planes like cowboys and doing this. So on my serious videos, I do try to emphasize the fact that, yeah, this isn't a joke and I really do take it seriously because I don't, I don't want people to think, Oh, the buffoon's going to, you know, do something. And it's like, I, I, there's kind of a character and then there's kind of a Brian, the pilot and Brian, the pilot is, is in the cockpit. I took some kids flying once uh, several years ago. And then we landed, this little kid goes up to his dad and goes, he's way more boring in the airplane than he is. In the <laughs> and I was like, as it should be. Yeah, you know? that's, I yeah. was like, that's the biggest compliment you could get. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm not offended by anything that you would say, you know, like my biggest fear is like something would happen to me to, a, to me in a plane and people would be like, well, of course it's going to be that guy. You know, I, oh, I don't want to be, you know, I want yeah. people who know, know that when I'm flying, you know, and, and I, th I think I've come far enough in this that people realize that there's there's the fun side. And then but I, it's it's kind of a an actor, a character. It's, it's uh, kind of the icing on on the actual 
you know, the vegetables. Like, put icing on the vegetables. <laughs> yeah. It's icing yeah. on the vegetables. No, but it, it's like you actually. That's what you I'm actually, writing down. You fly, <laughs> you, you fly in a mature way, and then you can put out a video that, that casts vegetables. it differently. Icing on the vegetables. Did wow. you just come up yeah. with that? That was insane. I just, that's, well, I was uh, thinking icing on the cake, but the whole point was that it wasn't cake that, of the flying. <laughs> yeah. before, you, before you go, Brian, just one quick thing and then and you'll be done with us. But um, I want to know what your top three metal albums are. Oh, man. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't have to be like a perfect list, but it should be pretty good. Abbey Road. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I am, I... I am a diehard Metallica fan. I've seen them more times than I can count. Justice for All is is a phenomenal album. Isn't that a weird one, by the way? Because it actually, I think it's their most advanced. Like it's their peak point, but it was such a weirdly produced record. Oh, it sounds like in hindsight, it sounds terrible. I mean, obviously right? the, the ongoing stuff about the bass being removed with Jason, et cetera. But the, the, and you know what? I will say this: I listen to it now, and I listen to Blackened or something. I, I I can tell that a lot of what I'm loving about it is nostalgic because I remember the first time I heard that band, I was at my friend Ryan's house, and I was like, "Oh, this is scary stuff." Like I'm scared of these guys, like because it was the first time I'd heard metal. And I'm yeah. like, should we be listening to this? And then Tipper Gore is not going to like this. Oh yeah, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I've, I've I've followed them for for years and years. That one that was just the introduction to metal was that album, and, and me like going, I'm scared of this thing, and then kind of coming to terms of like, well, it's it's kind of like watching a horror movie or something. Like these people aren't out going to you know do the things they say they're doing in their lyrics. <laughs> um, I albums is tough. Like I, I really was on a Godsmack kick for a while and I was like, they, um, they can't, their, their songs are very similar. They, they, I always say they can't write a bad rhythm. Their rhythm guitarist, Tony Rombola, I think is his name. Um, they're always a Tony. Yeah. Very, very good. And then, I mean, number one, I got to go with anything Nickelback ever did. I mean, that's probably just, it's, it's, it's so true to, I would have been um, disappointed if it was anything I, else. I'm surprised. Oh, you know tool 10,000 days. I don't know if that counts as metal, but Fantastic. Sure. Start to finish. I thought you were, like, I just thought for sure being a Texas guy. Uh, Pantera? Hear, yeah. Seen them. Um, vulgar display of power. I probably burned holes in that CD by the time yeah. I was done playing it. Yeah. Daryl was a phenomenal guitarist. I, I was never crazy. They scooped the mids out so bad. Like it was yes. it, the uh, amazing talent, but it was like, they're trying to get every bit of headspace out of the track. And I know we're going down a weird place here. No, no, it's all triggers and kind of, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like, I mean, it, yeah. some of the most talented musicians. Yeah, man, there's, I will say vulgar display of power, even more so. And people, you know, people purists will say Cowboys from hell, but I think vulgar display of power was the one I listened to start to finish from them. Yeah. A lot. And then, oh, this is embarrassing. Slayer, Seasons in the Abyss. Oh, I yeah, probably, come on. Dude, that that is an album. Like, I used to... <laughs> first concert ever was Twisted Sister with Pantera opening. Oh, nice. Pantera yeah. was good live. I saw Pantera yeah. and White Zombie and Godsmack together. At, Ooh. And it, it was like, I was like, shut up. I'm, I'm focused. <laughs> I'm like, this is like, <laughs> never going to happen again. And then in the 90s, I saw... Faith No More, Guns N' Roses, and Metallica on tour together, and that was those were my three favorite bands at the time. So, yeah. yeah. And and what's funny is I'm I'm looking at fifty, and my music tastes have not changed one bit. It's, They're not supposed to. You're supposed to wear the same clothes. You're supposed to freeze in time. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> we're metal. doing it here in midlife. And I want to ask yeah. you too. Like, well, did you ever uh, get into Helmet? Just the one song, unsung, I thought was really good. But then Pantera made that other song that had the same sort of riff to it, and I was yeah. like, I'll just I'll just listen to that one. All right. Well. All right. So we'll, we'll talk more about, uh, you know, Jesus lizard, all that stuff. We'll get down in the, like the weird punk stuff, but no, but, uh, thanks so much, man, for, for coming. It's been an absolute blast. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. This was awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was great to meet you. Thanks, Brian. Thank you guys. Y'all have a good one. Fly safe. We're going to sign you off. See you buddy. I love having Brian here. And Brian, you can hang out in the back room here if you want, and we'll just shoot this shit after, or you can just disappear and pretend like you never met us. And it's fine. Yeah, exactly. We completely (laughs) understand. Erase this from memory. Yeah. But happy hour success. We, we did, we followed no format. Um, we did nothing. We said we were going to do and we had a good time. Yes. A lot of great comments from the, the, the audience there, uh, live chat. Um, we're, we're glad you joined us. Don't forget, hit the like button, subscribe. Um, we like getting feedback. Bidlife pilot podcast at gmail.com is where you send it. We did get some feedback this week. We'll, uh, hit on it, uh, at the next episode. Yeah. 
You can support us for as little as 99 cents a month on Spotify. Uh, we'd love to uh, have the support. It's just to uh, get the bills paid. And uh, also don't forget to send in your bag of words segment. We might have some of those uh, lining up as well. So what is a bag of words segment? Bag of words. Give us your uh, radio calls that you just stumbled all the way through. I'm working on one as well. So uh, I got to clean it up a little bit, but hopefully I'll have that ready for the next episode. A low light, your own person, like share with us your low light reel of radio moments. We'll even take your low light of the week. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to do the worst ever. So getting in the plane for the first time after a month, yeah, there was plenty of opportunities for me today to, to <laughs> have a low light. Oh man, I'm so glad you got back. Um, and thanks Ted for putting all this together. And yep. I, I was surprised to see, see Brian. That was really cool. Uh, great job. Yep. Absolutely. Glad uh, Alpha Golf from Opposing Basis uh, at least joined us in the chat and his and Papa Golf as well. Great to have all y'all in the chat. And um, next week, we're what do we say? STC's going to be yeah. the topic of the week. Yeah, we're going to yeah, spread the STC. Yeah. We're going to go from happy hour and just loose conversation to a bear down conversation on <laughs> STC's with <laughs> Professor Ben. Yes. Help us all. Yeah. Very good. Well, yeah. We'll Thanks fun. for joining us tonight, and uh, we will see you next week. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks, all.